This episode is full of spoilers and contains some not-so-super language. citizens. Welcome to the Fortress of Potidut. I'm Professor Charles Xavier. I'm Brian Betts. And I'm Dave Michaels. And we are the Caped Podcasters. And this is the show where I make you gentlemen carry me around wherever I fucking go. For all the listeners out there, that actually didn't play. That was all in your head. That's right. You're hearing voices. Yeah, Patrick Stewart got into your noggin via his telepathy. <laughs> and he said all that stuff. Uh, it's weird that we put out dead air and just hope that it would work. Luckily, Professor X came through, as he usually does. He did. He's still seizing on my floor. We'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird watching an old paraplegic man just writhing, really. <laughs> He's yeah. sending telepathic signals, introducing a podcast. In this instance of we'll get there, it's, it's you know, we actually have to force our way down the hallway clawing our way to him exactly. to get him with the needle but we'll get there we will get there because this week we are talking about logan from 2017 directed by james fucking mangold hell yes give him that fucking jimmy mans he directed the hell out of this thing jimmy mans crushed this and you've seen this thing before right absolutely in theaters, out of theaters, where where were you? In uh, your the first time I saw it was in theaters, and it blew my mind. And then I watched it several times after it came out. And then it's been a little while since I've seen it. But I do know that you have not previously seen this movie. How crazy would it be if I said, "No, I still haven't," and we're just going to roll with it anyway? <laughs> I actually uh, still haven't seen it. I'm going to let you explain it to me. Just tell me how it goes. I'll just follow along at home. Follow the bouncing claw or whatever. Right. It is. Then you can decide if you like it or not. Yeah, I finally saw it, and God damn it, I'm so happy I finally saw it. Did you watch this in black and white? I didn't. Uh, it turns out that my Blu-ray does not have the black and white copy on it. Ugh, the poor man's Blu-ray. Yeah. Ugh. Didn't even not the, the digital copy. Fartsy. That has like an A24 sticker on it or whatever. <laughs> I kind of want to just get right into this thing. I say all the time that I'm so excited to talk about something, and usually it's just facetious. Just sure, to build I, up a little oh, bit of fake so excitement. I'm so excited. <laughs> this is great. I can't wait to talk about the Wolverine. Legitimately can't wait to talk about this one, though. And also, now that you guys know that sometimes it's facetious, you won't know if this one's facetious. That's right. <laughs> but that's the world you're going to have to live in right now. Bam. Now, now you'll never be able to trust Dave ever again. Never, it's like that opening ever. scene of Willy Wonka. <laughs> exactly. This is my tumble at the children. <laughs> also, not the name of that movie. Tumble at the children? Willy Wonka. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, let's get into it before we uh, go any farther down this weird rabbit hole. Yeah, let's do that. Logan, played by Hugh fucking Jackman. Hard deserve. Big time. Wakes up in the back of a limo in the middle of the night. It's kind of like the same opening as like a, The Hangover. It is similar, isn't it? Where he just wakes up and he's like, where am I? I can't smell I? where I am because I'm old now. Very little smelling in this movie. It's not a smell-heavy movie. No. Fuck is the first word uttered of the movie. That's your warning shot. 
that is your warning shot. This ain't your daddy's Wolverine or X-Men. Certainly isn't. Logan has certainly seen better days. He's old, graying, disheveled, drunk. He stumbles out of the limo to find a Mexican gang trying to steal the wheels off the limo. So Logan calmly attempts to intervene, but one of the gang members uh, blasts him with a shotgun. As you do. <laughs> I suppose. So Logan stands up, and then he just brutally murders all of them. And the thing about this is that in an X-Men movie, you do see him claw some folks. They yeah. cut away sometimes. You just kind of have to imagine the violence of it. In here, no, your imagination could hang out next to you on the couch. They're going right. to show you everything. Yeah, imagination could take a hike and could hang out with Logic from the other movies. No, Logic's dead. Imagination gets to chill the fuck out finally. <laughs> and it gets to just... I don't know what imagination does. It pops an edible and just hangs out and can turn it off. It right. gets to relax. It's like, hey, I don't have to be active this whole time because you're going to see all the blood and guts and gore and whatnot. Exactly. I have what I believe is the first of the Cape IMDb trivia facts. <laughs> there's a lot, I think. <laughs> I hope there's, there's a lot. Quite a I've few. I submitted like seven of them. Again. Again. Seven? Yeah, I, I felt like Stephen King on when he was, wrote Cujo and he was very coked up and he doesn't remember doing it. Yeah. I feel like that was me. Yeah. You were coked up and, and just thinking about dogs. You're right. I shouldn't have used a drug reference there. But <laughs> it was more like I was a murderer who just came out of a violent rage and was mm. just looking at my hands going, what have you done? Right. That's, that's probably safer to, to say. <laughs> What's worse, drugs or murder? You know, I feel like it depends on your audience. Fair enough. So this, this caped trivia fact... <laughs> I only pulled four, which means there's three out there in the ether, and um, I have a feeling we'll get there. <laughs> that probably declines. <laughs> it would be a first, I think. I will look as you read this fact, and I will send you things that are declined. How about that? Sounds great. Logan has trouble getting his claw up in one scene due to his advanced age. It's true. It's 100% true and accurate to the movie. <laughs> it's not a joke. The man can't get his claw up. Because he's old now. Because he's old now, so his claw, it doesn't come all the way up. He would be so good in some sort of, what is it, the old people bathtub on a mountain for whatever reason, hard on? Cialis. It's just Wolverine, old man Wolverine, he's sitting there next to like whatever the most recent corpse of Jean Grey is, and she's <laughs> in the other bathtub. Just an, another vision of her. <laughs> right. Oh, God. Uh, I, I'm so happy she's not in this movie. Spoilers. Yeah, whoops. <laughs> the year is 2029. Logan is over 170 years old, and his superhuman healing ability isn't working quite as well as it once did. He also has a nasty cough, which seems even more ominous now that canonically this movie takes place post-COVID. That is true. 2029 is not far into the future, and it makes me wonder when was the last time canonically we saw Wolverine? I think it would have been 2013 was when the last movie came out was it because he was this. in days of future oh he past. was in days of future past that's right and he didn't look banged up in that but i also don't know where that takes place timeline wise because it's not supposed to be that clear because it's a time travel movie but exactly um yeah he looks pretty damn banged up he's he's seen better days we learned that mutants are on the brink of extinction and no new ones have been born in 25 years so probably around the time of Days of Future Past. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Logan now makes a living driving a limo in El Paso, Texas. He also carries an adamantium bullet with him in case he gets real bummed out. That's like some dark shit right there. It's real dark. It's like, hey, we already hit you with like 
seven fucks and a bunch of bloody murders on screen. Now we're going to really get to the dark part. <laughs> right. Now we're going to flirt with that gun being a little too friendly with yourself. While he's waiting for a client at a funeral, he's approached by a woman named Gabriela Lopez, played by Elizabeth fucking Rodriguez. Deserve the fucking again. She's going hard. Big time. She claims to know who he is, and she asks for his help, and Logan's like, get out of here. You're crazy. I don't know you. She drives <laughs> off, and there's a young girl in the back seat who stares at Logan as she leaves. That's not good. Like, when a crazy lady talks to you, especially at a funeral where you don't know the person who died, and you don't think she does either, and then right. just a creepy kid stares at you, shenanigans are afoot. <laughs> That's not the last you're going to see of these people, no, I think. No, it's not. <laughs> Sometime later, a man enters Logan's limo, introducing himself as Donald Pierce, played by Boyd fucking Holbrook. And he's having a ball. And we know that because he's having a ball right away in this So movie. much fun. And he's got a cool Luke Skywalker hand. He does. And he flexes that thing. He like shows it off. If I had a robot hand, you would never see my real hand. Ever. Because yeah, it's a like... stupid flesh and bone hand. <laughs> it's so boring. What is the point anymore? I like that he's just like, hey, look, I've also been enhanced. <laughs> it's one hand, bud. What, what kind of enhancement is one hand? I know I just <laughs> bragged about how cool it'd be to have it, but if you're going to go out of your way to brag about being enhanced, have more than just a hand. For real. It's like, oh, cool. I have two of those. <laughs> my body is literally made of adamantium metal. <laughs> we still don't know how my bones work. We have no idea. <laughs> he appears to know a lot about Logan. He clocked Logan as the perp and the killing of the gang members, since Freddy Krueger is fictional and tigers are extinct. Yeah, that future. The one without tigers. Well, that's because their king is in prison. That took me too long to get. <laughs> yes, the tiger king is in, in prison, so therefore the tigers go extinct. That's just, Carol Baskin goes on a, a spree. That bitch Carol Baskin's putting all of our mutants extinct. With her 31 flavors or whatever. Or whatever that Carol Baskins is Carol doing. Carol Baskin Robbins. I was going to marry all the man X-Men's, but she made them all go extinct. <laughs> or maybe he would only marry the young X-Men's. That seems more The Tiger brand. King. It's very on brand for him. Young dude X-Men. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and only about half of them end up killing themselves accidentally. Ah, oh, God, that's dark when that happens. Spoilers, that happens. Sure is. Pierce also hints that he knows about Logan's side job as a caretaker for a certain cue ball just south of the border. Pierce tells Logan that he knows he was in contact with a person of interest and claims that he only wants what Gabriella has, something she took from him. And he hands Logan a card, tells him to call him when he's contacted by Gabriella again, because it will certainly happen. It will. The funeral thing with they're looking out the back window, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. The card reads that Pierce is the head of security at Alkali Transigen. That's not what you want to see. Biotechnological corporation that makes Logan so mad. It makes him so angry, he cannot get away from that lake. <laughs> no matter what he does, that lake shows up. It always will. It is Chekhov's lake. You show it in the first movie, it better come back in the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth movie. Oh my god, he's been in so many movies. Nine movies he's been in. 17 years worth of smelling great. Good for him. It is good for him. Good for him. I have an actual IMDb trivia fact, and it has nothing to do with the plot of the movie, but it just seemed like a good place for it. Yeah, why not? Throughout all of his portrayals of Logan, Hugh Jackman stated he learned his American accent from copying Johnny Depp. <laughs> 
well, all right. <laughs> I so, guess that's what you got to do. Hopefully that's the extent of his copying Johnny Depp. <laughs> uh, do, 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 do. Breaking news. <laughs> Hugh Jackman has bought a club in LA. It is the Viper Room, and he's looking for young acting teenagers to come hang out outside of it and probably, hopefully not die. <laughs> wow. On the River Phoenix Memorial Curb. <laughs> Oh, this is a dark episode. <laughs> it is a dark episode. <laughs> <laughs> Logan heads to Mexico to an abandoned plant where he and the albino psychic mutant Caliban, played by Stephen fucking Merchant. Is it, though? Let me ask you. Is it played by him? Um, The psychic mutant Caliban, who is portrayed by somebody who alleges to be Stephen fucking Merchant. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> we'll get there. Maybe. I don't know. I love Stephen Merchant so damn much. I do too, but he feels like a real actor in this. And that's weird. I for know. Me. It is weird to me. Like, whenever I see Stephen Merchant, I want the Stephen Merchant from like an idiot abroad. Yeah. Just goof trooping everywhere he goes, saying whatever <laughs> the fuck he wants. Sending Carl <laughs> Pilkington on needless deeds. A hundred percent. Fuck it. I love Stephen Merchant all the time when he's this P.I. Is- taker. Or P.I. Staker? P.I. Staker. Hot Fuzz? Yes. (laughs) God, I love that movie. Logan and Caliban are taking care of Professor Charles Xavier, played by, of course, Sir Patrick fucking Stewart. He's back, baby. He's back, and he also has seen better days. Yeah, he's doing that whole, I'm old and I'm just going to rant about whatever I want to thing. Yeah, he's suffering from a degenerative brain disease, which produces seizures. And thanks to his mutation, the seizures produce psionic blasts that paralyze anyone within the general area. Just a general area. Just like however big the plot needs the area to be. <laughs> is, it, is it a mile? Maybe. Is it two? I said maybe already. What are you not listening to? <laughs> Logan has to administer a shot to keep Xavier's episodes under control. And there's also a steady medication routine that leaves him confused and senile and ranting. Surely that won't come back. No, not at all. Logan and Caliban argue about Xavier's medication. Caliban explains that it's hard caring for Charles, especially when Logan won't even communicate about his own issues, which, you know, bitch, I'm psychic. I can tell you're not well. He's Well, he doesn't look well at all. And also, he's not being his typical Logan Wolverine self. Right, he hasn't smelled anything yet, this movie. He's keeping his nose to himself. He hasn't said bub. <laughs> which I don't recognize this guy Both upsetting all. and also not. <laughs> it's uh, perfect, but also disappointing. <laughs> That's right, if it can be. Logan storms off, and he later receives a notification for a pickup at a motel, because apparently he's like limo Uber. I guess that's how limos work in 2029. He arrives to find Gabriella again. Told you she wasn't gone. Nope, not and gone. With the young girl, who Gabriella claims is her 11-year-old daughter, Laura, played by Daphne fucking Keen. Crushing it. Insanely good. Gabriella offers Logan $50,000 to help them reach a place called Eden in North Dakota. That's a long trip. It is a long trip. But it's a lot of money. She hands him an envelope with the coordinates written on it and $20,000 up front. She says you'll get the rest when we get there. Seems like a good deal. Logan reluctantly agrees because he has this dream of buying a boat and living with Xavier out in the ocean where he can't hurt anybody with the seizures. So he's like, all right, cool. I'll take this down payment. I'll go pack. I'll see you in the morning. How does that work, though? Because if 
Charles has seizures on this boat. Wolverine's out there. Is Wolverine just going to take it? Yeah, you know, he uh, regenerates or whatever. <laughs> He's not doing a great job right now. <laughs> He's the only one who can get close enough to Charles to get him the shot. So Okay, that's fair. I, we'll get there. We will get there. We will get there. The next morning when Logan returns to the motel, he finds that Gabriella has been murdered and Laura is missing. Both things. Not great. It's not ideal because I want that other $30,000, please. And how does Logan know to go into this drawer in this hotel? Because it's the drawer that she pulls the money from the night before. So he just assumes, or is he going for the money that's in there? He's probably going for the rest of the money. Okay. But inside is Gabriella's cell phone. But what if he's like an upstanding dude and he's just like, damn it, I can't be here for this. I don't want to out myself as a mutant when I'm supposed to be extinct. Then you don't have a movie. (laughs) It's a weird thing for him to do. Yeah. Unless he was just looking for clues, because, you know, you, you can take the man out of the X-Men, but you can't take the X-Men out of the man. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> Unless he's just like, I smell cocaine in that drawer. Oh, it's just hundreds. A lot of them. I smell a clue. <laughs> <laughs> so Logan takes Gabriella's cell phone and finds that she was in the process of sending him a text message, like, hurry up, they're here. But, you know, she never got to send it. Because she put her phone inside the cabinet instead of hitting send. Silly thing to do. Yeah. So Logan goes back to the the factory or the plant in Mexico, and he's stunned to find that Laura stowed away in his trunk of the limo. It's a big car. He didn't want to walk all the way back there to see if he's got any stoves. She's like, all right, well, they're not here. Guess I'll go home with this $20,000. Might as well at that point. Xavier excitedly hosts the young girl and tries to convince Logan that she's a mutant and needs their help. And... Logan's like, don't be a dumbass, you crazy old kook. It's not a mutant. They don't exist anymore. I think after all we've been through with Charles Xavier, we should probably listen to him. Yeah, but he's also a rambling crazy man now. Also true, but let him have his moment in the sun here. If He, he can call anyone he wants a mutant. Just be like, oh, you. <laughs> yep. Okay. You're, you're, you're right, right, Charles. You're absolutely right. We'll, we'll protect the mutant. Good, good, good idea, old buddy, old pal. Now drink this insure. Logan, of course, dismisses Charles' claims as more confused ramblings of a sickly old man. But he does predict that someone's going to come looking for this girl. And sure enough, Pierce comes knocking at their door. Like instantly. Like immediately. Because I don't know if you remember from episode 120, Logan's real superpower is convenient timing. (laughs) It's his biggest superpower. But also, (laughs) it is a great way to keep this movie chugging along. Absolutely. Logan claims Laura isn't there. And when Pierce persists, Laura throws a pipe at his head and knocks him out. How great is that, though? So good. Gets pegged right in the dome by this pipe, and you're just like, all right, who threw that? Oh, shit, it's the kid. Oh, wow, she's got a good arm. So Logan tells Caliban to take Pierce out into the desert and leave him there. So Caliban takes Pierce's body away, but when he gets out into the desert, a squad of soldiers from Transigen called the Reavers all appear. And he barely takes him out of the desert. Like, he got to the end of the driveway, and he's like, yeah, that's good enough. (laughs) All right, I think I'll just leave him here. (laughs) You know what? I have what I think is a cave dying to be trivia fact. Sure. (laughs) Stephen Merchant spontaneously combusted on set during production because he was not allowed to Stephen Merchant all over the screen. It's completely true. R.I.P. Stephen Merchant. We'll miss you for forever. So the Reavers pick up Pierce, and they capture Caliban, and they're like, hey, you're going to come in handy, you psychic albino. And then the Reavers return to the plant, and two of them go inside to retrieve Laura, who's just sitting there eating a bowl of cereal. 
She's eating cornflakes like she knows people are about to die. Like She's... if there were a, a direction that James Mangle could give, it would be <laughs> eat cornflakes like you're about to murder the shit out of people. And then she just did that, and Daphne, she acts the Daphne, hell out of scene, it. What I need you to do. Sit there, eat cornflakes, make sure that the box is facing the, the camera. This is of a Cheerios course. moment. But the whole time you're eating these cornflakes, I need you to think murder. Just have murder on the mind while you, while you eat your cornflakes. I've never seen anyone act eat anything this well. And yeah, I'm talking about Brad Pitt, too. <laughs> and all he does is act eat. That's all he does. But she's like even getting that one last spoonful in there. I'm just like, they're not coming at me yet. I got time. Logan and Charles are outside waiting for the Reavers, uh, and then the two go in, and there's a commotion inside, some screams, some gunfire, and then out calmly walks Laura and just tosses the head of one of the Reavers at Pierce's feet. Not your daddy's X-Men movie. Not at all. She unsheaths two adamantium claws from her hands and one from each foot and starts just viciously attacking the Reavers. And I love this, too, because Pierce just like, oh, OK, hold, hold your horses. Um, <laughs> wait, please wait, don't. Wait. <laughs> please don't do this. <laughs> I already have another what I think is a caped IMDb trivia fact. Wow. Concerning the number of claws. OK, a lot got approved. This is wild. Laura was supposed to gain her third claw in her hands during a bat mitzvah sequence that was filmed but deleted. The producers did not feel a Jewish rite of passage was appropriate for a young Mexican mutant girl who was grown in a lab and wasn't Jewish. <laughs> there you go. They thought ahead. It's really real smart of them to cut that one. That's right. <laughs> a shocked Logan helps her. Finally, he's like, oh, crap. Maybe she is a mutant after all. And he decides to join the fight. He just starts going to town on these people, too. Yeah. We're just killing Reavers now. And then the three of them get in the limo and they take off. The Reavers still hold Caliban captive, and they're, like, they're going to torture him with sunlight to get him to use his powers to track the trio. So now everybody's got their roles. It's a good tool if you got it. Like, if it were nighttime, they're not getting any info out of Caliban for a while. Right. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm fine. You can't, can't get me. It's dark out. Safe. Plays by vampire rules. As long as Blade's not around, we're cool. We're good. Logan demands to know who Laura is, and Xavier's like, well, she's a lot like you. <laughs> wink, wink. Yeah, he's not being very subtle about this at all. But for some reason, Logan's just like, what do you mean? <laughs> I can't smell what you're getting at, Professor. <laughs> so Logan searches through Gabriella's phone, and he finds a video addressed to him that reveals that she used to work for Transigen in the genetics department, and then the phone dies. Like, at the most convenient moment. Like, the part in the video <laughs> where they're doing the Laura stuff, it dies. He's like, I mean, what you really need to know is, oh, the phone died. So Charles has to pee. They stop at a, at a convenience store. Laura tries to shoplift some Pringles and sunglasses. <laughs> I just heard you say that. It's like Wolverine going to a convenience store. Because, because that's his superpower, and that's hysterical. Professor X has to urinate it. He, he does, but <laughs> it's one of those things. Maybe this is like the character turn where he finally was inconvenienced by a cell phone battery dying. <laughs> so he has to go to a convenience store to hopefully get his power back. Yeah. Of, his power of convenience. That's, that's where you find it, at the, at the convenience <laughs> store. Oh, that's a weird fulcrum, isn't it, in this movie? <laughs> that's really how deep you want to go with it. <laughs> Laura tries to shoplift some Pringles and sunglasses, and she damn near claws up the gas station attendant before Logan intervenes. He's like, hey, no, bad. 
Also, do you have any phone chargers? Yeah, and then he steals a phone charger <laughs> and some cigars. <laughs> I have another actual IMDb trivia fact. Oh my god, one... you, this is, you're loaded with them right now. This one's for me. Okay. Second movie in the X-Men franchise to use a Jim Croce song. Specifically, I got a name. Playing in the convenience store while Laura is shoplifting. The previous was Time in a Bottle and X-Men Days of Future Past during Quicksilver's slow motion sequence. That just elevated this movie so much higher because Jim Croce is a fucking saint. Jim Croce is the man. I appreciate and approve of that fact. Great. Boom. I might even go on IMDb and find it later and say, this is helpful. Thank you. This is interesting. Yes. So now that he has a phone charger, Logan watches the rest of Gabriella's video. So it was a good thing we stopped for that scene with, with the Croce. That's really all the only reason. Didn't he also steal reading glasses or did he just have reading glasses and he didn't take the label off them yet? I think he got the reading glasses after Caliban got in a fight with him over the medication, but before he went to go see Gabriella. Okay, there's something kind of sad about watching Logan wear reading glasses. <laughs> Squint through a pair of reading glasses? <laughs> yeah, my eyes don't regenerate so good these days. Oh, he's old. We get it. <laughs> so with his power of convenience restored, Logan watches the rest of Gabriella's video. She worked as a nurse on the genetic experimentation of new mutant children led by a Dr. Xander Rice, played by Richard E. fucking Grant. Richard E. Grant is a treat in everything he's in. Literally everything. We've said it before. We will say it again. Classic Loki. Here he is. The intention of the program was to create super soldiers using DNA from known mutants. You know, the plot of most Marvel movies. Correct. The children, including Laura, were dubbed Project X-23. The experiment was deemed a failure when the children frequently refused to follow orders since they weren't allowed to have fun or celebrate birthdays. They couldn't be kids. And then yeah. you see Pierce walking around just like blowing out candles on their birthdays. <laughs> no. But like, how do we show he's the bad guy? He's been so cool to, I don't know, have him blow out the candles on a kid's birthday cake. <laughs> no fun allowed. Only war purposes for your existence. <laughs> And the kids right. are like, hmm, I don't like that. I don't like, like right. it at all. I'm not going to listen. I'm going to be a kid. So they found a solution to that problem. With the introduction of Project X-24, it was decided the children would be terminated. And rather than seeing all these kids killed, Gabriella helped orchestrate an escape, and the location of Eden was designated as a safe point where the children could live free. In the video's final moments, Gabriella admits that she is indeed not Laura's mother, but loves her all the same. She apologizes for lying about the $50,000 because all she really had was the twenty. But she hopes that, as her biological father, Logan will keep her safe. What? Mic drop. It is a bit of a mic drop. Craziness. The stakes are now set because now you have a character who wants to just be on his own, take care of Professor Xavier, just kind of wait for him to die, if you will. Basically, yeah. But now he feels that he has this mission to keep this girl alive, sort of. Who may or may not be his daughter. Right, he's kind of going to have to come to some resolution within himself of acceptance or denial or, what do I do? I'm Wolverine, I'm the selfish one. Jean right. Grey's dead, I don't know what to do. And I can't smell good anymore. <laughs> and it seems like that's all he's usually good for. Right, and I have this nasty cough. It's a bad cough. The trio go to find shelter in an Oklahoma City casino hotel, as you do. Logan discovers that Laura has been reading the sensationalized and mostly fictional story of the X-Men from a comic book, and he finds that the coordinates for Eden were pulled right from the book, and he's convinced that this whole trip is a charade. 
And let's talk about this moment because we just had the mic drop of this is your kid, but then we just had a bigger mic drop where we're about to get super fucking meta. <laughs> yeah, we are. By showing an X-Men Marvel comic in this movie. In the movie, there are the X-Men comic exists. And Wolverine is eventually going to say only about a quarter of this stuff actually happened, which is just as insane when he says that. That is pretty bananas. And that someone else just made up the rest of it. But it's like, this is real. I feel like in a, in a world that had real superheroes, you would have stories told about them. Yes, but we'll get there. It feels very much like the movies that Vought puts out in The Boys. Also true. And yes, I, I want to talk about this so much more in just a little bit. All right, we'll I know we there. say we'll get there a lot, and we never get there. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. For real. We will, we will get there. Logan tells Laura that the X-Men stories she's reading are bullshit and that Eden doesn't exist. Which, again, this is just Logan saying some shit that he could have just kept to himself. I just find it so absolutely incredible that they just completely... I don't, it's not even open the curtain to see like the man behind there. They just tear that bitch down. Yeah. Yeah. Logan's straight up like, these stories are bullshit. But then Professor Xavier says something even more fascinating, and he says, but they're real to her. And I find that to be possibly the most interesting line in a comic book movie, period. That is pretty fascinating. It is fascinating, because a lot of these people, the, the fandom that is comic books, I feel like you can write a thesis just on this line right here. Yes, we all know it's complete bullshit. It's right. obviously, oh, superpowers. Oh, if you treat it like it's real, you're an idiot. It's like, but no, it's not that. Everyone wants their heroes. Everything is a modern folklore, modern mythology. That's what superheroes and comic books inherently are now. Exactly. And the thing about these stories that you can't take away, and when you say, but it's real to them, is think about being there opening night for Avengers Endgame or Spider Man. No way home. That feeling you get when you see these oh shit moments happening. It's what you live for. These huge things. It's real to us. Yeah. And yeah. Professor Charles Xavier is the perfect shepherd for saying this stuff is real to some people. And I think that is just beautiful because he's the one who really introduced us to the comic book movie or reintroduced us to it. Obviously, Batman 89, Batman right. throughout the 90s. Superman. Superman back in 78 and going forward. It's great, but X-Men really started it all again because obviously the nosedive that the Batman franchise took and then Spider-Man picked it up right after the X-Men right. came along. But, but yeah, yeah. X-Men ushered in the golden age of superhero movies. The modern age of superheroes. Yeah. I think that Charles Xavier saying this is just the most beautiful thing imaginable. It is I very appropriate. love, 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 love this. Um... It's, it's perfect. It's absolute perfection. There you have it. Perfection. Logan leaves Xavier and Laura in the room to go find a new ride. They're watching Shane, a movie from 1953. Just having a good old time. It's a classic, as Charles Xavier says, and he's not wrong. Yeah. He actually improvises a line here about remembering seeing this when it was in theaters, because it was actually the first movie that Patrick Stewart remembered seeing in theaters as a young boy. That's pretty neat. Pretty cool. That Patrick Stewart knows a thing or two about acting. Logan goes downstairs where he discovers that the Reavers have caught up with them. They seem to do that often. They're pretty much on their tail all the time. That's probably thanks <laughs> to Caliban. Oh, without a doubt. Suddenly, everyone in the casino becomes paralyzed. 
and Logan realizes Xavier hasn't been taking his medication and is suffering a seizure. He finds the pills like tucked in between the seats and he's just like, God damn it. Ah, you crazy old man. Logan struggles to make it back up to the room. You know, he's clawing his way through the, the hallway, pulling himself closer to where Charles is having a seizure. And in the room are already some Reavers who have found Laura and Charles. And Logan just walks up to him and snicks him in the head. Oh, this is absolutely brutal to watch because you see the one Reaver standing outside the door holding the gun into the room. And you see his eyes just look over at Logan. That's all he can do with his eyes. the only movement he can make, yeah. And, like, it is horrifying watching Logan put his claws through this guy's skull. But you're like, this guy can't do anything about it. Yeah. You've now set the tone of this scene because Logan is going to just go into this room where these people cannot fight back. And he's going to have this opportunity to off them. And he's going to take it. He's going to drop every one of them in slow motion. <laughs> it is horrifying. And Laura is on the floor, and she can still move around a little bit, too, but she's struggling to get the, the shot that Xavier needs to Logan. Right. But Logan kills all these Reavers, injects Xavier with the serum, ends the paralysis for everybody in the immediate area, and the three of them escape in a new vehicle. And I like how these Reavers just, like, drop on the spot. Yeah. It's very good. It's so good. On the road, a report comes out over the radio about the incident in Oklahoma City and relates it to a similar event that happened a year prior in Westchester. And Logan immediately turns off the radio. It's the right move. They're nearly run off the road by some self-driving truck, and they swerve to avoid a pickup that's hauling a trailer full of horses. And the horses get out, and they're like, oh, God. And Logan's like, not our problem. And Xavier's like, Logan, we have to help with the horses. <laughs> I think Logan says something like, someone will be around soon. And Xavier's like, someone's already around. He got him. He got him. Xavier uses his mind powers to make the horses come back. <laughs> He still got it. <laughs> How do you talk to a horse like that? Is Xavier just sitting there just going? <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Even though I think it would be amazing though, if Charles Xavier's sitting there going, Baluka! <laughs> <laughs> the driver of the pickup truck, the owner of the horses, introduces himself as Will Munson, played by Eric LaSalle. Eric fucking LaSalle. Give it to him. Give it to him. He's accompanied by his wife, Catherine, played by Elise fucking Neal, and their son, Nate, Quincy fucking Foose. Everybody in this movie gets a fucking. You get a fucking. He gets a fucking. She gets a fucking. Everybody gets a fucking. They all deserve it, man. Absolutely. Logan helps push their pickup out of the ditch, and Catherine offers Logan and his quote-unquote family dinner with them, which Charles immediately is like, yes, we will have dinner with you. All right, Wolverine doesn't want to do it, because he's like, we gotta he's keep like, moving. He's like, we need to get to North Dakota, if that's where we're actually going right now. There are Reavers hot in her tail. But okay, yeah, let's stop for dinner. He's the only one who seems to, like, grasp the urgency of the situation. I have another actual IMDb trivia fact. You're loaded with them right now. This is insanity. I am, I am. And this, this has to do with the dinner. Okay, how exciting. Logan smiles only three times throughout the movie. One of them is here? Yes, one of them is during Probably? the dinner. Probably? Okay. He only <laughs> does it three times. Would be. It's not like a Hawkeye Pierce saluting... Like five times in all of MASH over an 11 year span. This is one film. Let Hugh Jackman smile every now. That's fine. Three smiles. What's interesting is this scene where they're talking about how Charles used to run a school was scripted and it just didn't feel natural. So eventually Mangle was just like, guys, just just improv it. Just have dinner, talk about running the school and whatever. And then they finally got the take, which is pretty neat. Filmmaking! Wow! Logan is eager to leave immediately after dinner, but Catherine insists they spend the night. 
Logan only agrees for Xavier's sake because, you know, he's a sickly old man. He carries him up to bed and he, and he puts him to bed. After yeah, he, he tucks Charles Xavier in for Betty Bye. It's real cute. It is adorable. You get that whole father-son relationship with them. It's wonderful. Yeah, but in this movie, Charles Xavier keeps calling him a fuckhead and stuff. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Hearing Patrick Stewart, Charles Xavier, just swear at Wolverine. I love it. It's so good. Seeing that the water supply has been tampered with, Will, the homeowner, goes out to investigate, and Logan tags along. They find and fix the obvious leak at the pump, and some distance away, they're confronted by a group of thugs led by a man who owns the land. And he's like, hey, you're not paying or whatever. He harasses Will, saying he's been skimping on payments. But Logan, he hits one of the thugs in the face with his own rifle and breaks it over his knee. And it's like, all right, cool. Scared away the, the harassers. I guess so. <laughs> For this scene, that was the, the point of this scene was to get Logan away from the house. Uh, sort of. We're going to get there shortly. Yes. I want to talk about that post-movie, the point of the scene, I think. Back at the house, Xavier lies in bed, and he senses Logan entering the room. He pleads with him to be patient with Laura, asleep on the floor beside him, and expresses remorse over what happened in Westchester, which he finally remembers. Xavier had suffered a massive seizure at his school, which resulted in the deaths of most of the X-Men. He apologizes, but Logan pushes his claws through Xavier's chest. It's jarring, but also not, because when you see the guy coming down over Xavier, you're like, that ain't Wolverine. That's but then you see Wolverine. him doing the Wolverine thing with the claws, you're like, oh, is that Wolverine? Is that Wolverine? And then Laura attacks him in Charles' defense, and the attacker turns out not to be Wolverine, or Logan, whatever he's going by these days, but a mindless and merciless clone, the X-24. Oh, yeah. The mutant abducts Laura and kills Nate and Catherine on the way out of the house. Upon returning home, Will is struck down by the X-24, and Logan rushes upstairs to get Xavier, who's clinging to life. Logan is sure when he picks up Xavier to tell him, it wasn't me. I'll believe him, I suppose. I guess. I mean, he looked a lot younger than you, so I believe you. <laughs> Outside, the Reavers wait with Pierce and Dr. Rice. Caliban is captive in their surveillance van. And the thugs who harassed Whale before arrive at the house looking for a rematch. But X-24 uh, just murders all of them. He does just murder everybody. He goes on a spree. So quick to murder all these just farmer guys. Logan sets Xavier down in the bed of the pickup truck. Um, but, you know, Charles just kind of dies right there. <laughs> it's like, all right, I got you in the truck. And Charles like, thanks. Bye. It, it wasn't bad enough that we had to watch this wonderful lovely family die yeah, so hard. Like the best family. You're like, oh, things are going to start going good for these guys. They're going to like, Logan's going to give them the money when he leaves or something. But it's crazy because, again, now your daddy's X-Men movie, you introduce this lovely family and then you just kill them unceremoniously. Exactly. But then I think it's even more unceremonious the, the killing of Charles Xavier. Just straight up dies. He's just like, yep, yeah, okay, that's it for me. Charles out. out. <laughs> We've been doing this show for too fucking wow. long. <laughs> Beam me up, Scotty. Oh, boy. With Charles dead, Logan attacks the X-24, because, you know, he's pretty pissed off. Meanwhile, Caliban fights back against his captors, because you know, they're distracted, and they sillily left grenades within reaching distance of, of their hostage. Shouldn't have done that. No, because he just picks them up, and he's like, beware the light, and he drops the grenades explodes the van, 
Pierce is thrown out. Rice escapes. Caliban dies. I think he basically only killed himself and maybe one or two of the, the Reavers. Right. He took out the car more than anything, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> he mildly inconvenienced them. Logan is nearly overpowered by the X-24 until Will, that's right, Will is still alive, rams into the mutant with his truck, pinning him against some farm equipment, and then he gets out, he shoots X-24 a few times with a shotgun, and then he turns the gun on Logan. Because, you know, this guy showed up and now his family's dead. Luckily for Logan, the gun is out of ammo, and Will collapses immediately dead. Which is probably better for him anyway, because, I, I mean, I don't think Wolverine was going to just absolutely go Wobie Berserk on this man. No, probably not. But I can't imagine he'd be very happy with him either. Better dead than sorry. Right, as they say. <laughs> <laughs> Logan retrieves Laura and takes her with Xavier's body and drives away. The following morning, Dr. Rice and his crew take care of the scene and inject X-24 with an agent to help him heal. So now we know that exists. Yes, we do. We get to see him heal. And it's very quickly. It is super quick. Logan buries Charles in an unmarked grave in the woods while Laura watches. It's very sad. It's super sad. Well, I can't describe to you how sad it is. And it's not the saddest thing that's going to happen in this movie, but it's way the hell up it's, there. It's way up there. Like the water, um, they fixed it a couple scenes ago. Right. And I wish they hadn't because now it's going to be flowing. It's going to start running again. Yeah. Out of my face. Because we're not just saying goodbye to Charles Xavier. In this movie, talking about a franchise here. We sure are. We'll get there. Patrick Stewart's like, I'll probably never play the part again. But it's science fiction, so you never know. And, well, now we know. Now we know. Afterwards, Logan goes back to the truck and begins smashing it because he's just so mad. He hates that truck. And then he passes out. (laughs) He hates that consciousness. Later, Logan wakes up in a clinic. The doctor tells Logan he knows he's a mutant, and he says he wants to help him, aware of the adamantium in his body that's just killing him. He's slowly being poisoned by the adamantium in his body. This doctor's fascinating, too, because like, I've always wanted to meet someone like you. I thought you were extinct. I will gladly run all the tests you want on you to help figure you out. Yeah. And Logan's just like, nah, brah, gotta go. No, no thanks, bub. That would have been the time to do it. That would have been. I have what I think is a Cape Diamond trivia fact here. How fucking many do you have? <laughs> it's nonstop, rapid fire. Oh, my God. This is something they discovered in the, in the doctor's office, I believe. Okay. Wolverine only has one bone in his body that is not made of adamantium. <laughs> he used to call that bone his Logan's run, but now he calls it his Logan Lucky due to his age. How did they approve that? I don't know. That's a dick joke. It sure is. <laughs> is now a good time to talk about the ones that didn't get approved? <laughs> I guess if you really, really want to. You got them? I sent them to you. I have them. Uh, there actually, <laughs> okay. it turns out there is a line that IMDb will not accept. I know the line on one of them for sure. I'll, I'll start you, with that one. You cannot go after IMDb. This film is ranked number 222 on the IMDb Top 250. These rankings are meaningless since most people rating movies on IMDb haven't seen a movie made before 1990. It's completely true. It's 100% true, and I think that's why they, they declined to cut the <laughs> They didn't like the, the truth. They're like, hey, that one hurts us. It does. Uh, IMDb, now sponsored by Truth Social. <laughs> Ooh. Say what we like, or we'll ban you. <laughs> Free speech. Not a political podcast. Not political. Next up on the, on the declined caped trivia facts. <laughs> <laughs> Nickelodeon should bring back Snick, but instead of having bad acting teens, 
They should replace all the kids on the big orange couch with old man Logans and call it Snicked. Why'd that get declined? Unless they just declined it and someone is now writing this script and there's like, that's a brilliant idea. I love it and I'm taking that, yoink. And now that it's not published anywhere, I can now have it. I'm the modern Einstein. It's Mm, like I'm at the patent office just waiting. (laughs) But you have receipts. I do have receipts. I have the ownership thing on my contribution history. And the final declined IMDb caped trivia fact. Hugh Jackman would rub a mango and a cantaloupe together in order to make himself cough. After production wrapped, he unsuccessfully sued the studio, stating he had melanoma. What'd they find wrong with that? <laughs> I don't know where this, this fruit rubbing genre of facts came from, but I'm so happy it's here. Do they not like fantastic puns? Is that where they draw the line? They're like, that's too good. Absolutely not. Maybe maybe the pun pointed out the not-so-truthfulness of the fact. Did I go too far? Yeah. I With think the pun? It. The pun was so good that everybody at IMDb got eyes on the fact. They're like, this is a fucking good pun. And they're like, but I think maybe the fact might not be true. Damn it. You made a good enough joke that it worked its way up the ladder. Some stars should not shine as brightly. <laughs> Back to the movie? Sure. <laughs> we must. <laughs> Logan refuses the medical treatment and he leaves with Laura. He begrudgingly thanks her when they get back in the car and she finally speaks. And she says, Denada. And Logan is like, you can fucking talk? That is the right response. <laughs> and it's she- not like a Lilu Dallas multipass scenario here of just like, what the f- where'd you fucking learn to talk? I learned. No, God damn it! <laughs> no, this is like an hour and 37 minutes into the movie, and now we find out that the third build character can make words. That's going to come in handy, though, really shortly, because if she didn't, different movie. Yeah, it'd be very difficult to find out what happens next. <laughs> she begins immediately rattling off. She, first, she goes off on Logan in Spanish, and he has no idea what she's saying, but then she starts rattling off the names of her friends from, from the lab. Right. And he's like, we're not going to North Dakota. There's nothing there. Charles is gone. I don't even know what the hell we're doing now. And she's like, she just starts going through the names. And he's like, finally gets so pissed off that he's like, fine, we'll go to North Dakota. Have you ever been that angry at someone that you're just like, fuck it, let's go to North Dakota? <laughs> I can't say I've ever reached the North Dakota level of fuck it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, I understand. Like, I'm at a six right now. You yeah. should see me at a 10. You should see me at a let's go to North Dakota. <laughs> like, I've been South Dakota mad, but like they still have, like, you know, Things. Mount Rushmore. <laughs> right. Little faces in the mountain. I hear it's disappointing. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't either. I'm not really in a rush to go because nah. it's like you go there and then you're just surrounded. No, fuck you. I'm done with the puns. <laughs> I, I, you know, don't go to Mount Rushmore. It's like, what do you do outside of that is my real question because you're just surrounded by South Dakota. South Dakota. Yeah. Um. Guess he's slow more. Boo. But <laughs> move to you. <laughs> but it's a lot like in Wayne's world, like Delaware. Look, we're in Delaware. Delaware. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But even Delaware has a beach. It does. It's got a great brewery, too. Yeah. With dogfish head. That's accurate about the things that Delaware <laughs> offers to the world. That's it. That is as far as it goes, really. And there's a water gap that is not in Delaware. That's right. They just named it. <laughs> Yeah, it's named after the river. Fuck you. I know what I'm talking about. I'm from Jersey. But <laughs> Delaware. still. We have Dogfish Head and Tax Havens. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> so Laura and Logan make it to the coordinates 
written on the envelope, but Logan is drained to the point of unconsciousness, and Laura has to drive a lot of the way there. Naturally, that's just the way it's got to go. It has to. It's sometimes, how you advance the movie. Sometimes Knock you out your lead asleep. character to just let something else happen. Let the 11-year-old get you to North Dakota somehow. <laughs> they get to this cliff, and then you know there's a pulley system so they can get Logan up to the top of the cliff. They bring him inside. He and Laura are finally able to rest, along with the remaining children who are led by Richter, played by Jason fucking Janeo. He's killing it. He's one of the kids. He is. He's and a good he's leader. he's kind of like the spokesman of the group. Right. And then the kids go and prank Logan by shaving his beard while he's sleeping. You know, classic heavy stakes movie shenanigans. It is terrific because they shave it so he just has the mutton chops. And man, is that perfection. Richter gives Logan a serum that was used on them when they were in the lab to help him re-energize and heal. But he warns Logan, whatever you do, do not use all of it at once. And Logan kind of sets again the stakes here because he says, I've seen people take that shit. It makes them go wobby berserk. Yeah. He's like, I'm not going to take that all at once, but also I might take that all at once now that we've established how bad it would be to take it all. <laughs> if I took it all at, at once. once. <laughs> Logan tells Laura that he's done his job by delivering her to Eden. He's like, I got you here, and here's the thing, kid. Anybody who's close to me dies. So I, it's better if I leave you here. It's better if I go. And she's like, well, probably going to be just fine then if only the people who you care about die. Oh, it's a dagger, man. Yeah, it is. Whew. She doesn't even hesitate either. It's like, I just learned English yesterday and watched this <laughs> slam, you old bitch. Everybody close to me dies. She's like, well, I guess I'll be fine then. Leave. I'm going to be a-okay. The next morning, Logan wakes up and the children are all gone. They've, they're already making their way up to Canada. And Logan is about to leave when he sees that the Reavers have caught up with them again, because that's what the Reavers do. They're really good at it. And they are tracking down these kids. So Logan runs to intercept them as the Reavers start picking off the children one by one. And despite using their powers, the children are completely outnumbered. But I like that we get to see them use their powers. Yes. I like that a lot. It's really cool. And I do have one last IMDb trivia fact. Oh, goody. Though Laura maintains a stern demeanor throughout the movie, Daphne Keene had to shoot her fight scenes across several takes because she was having a bit too much fun. <laughs> That's amazing. And I love that. That's so good. But yeah, these kids go off. They got electric powers. We got plant powers, like a poison ivy kind of deal. There's got ice. Ice breath. Breeze on them and they get all cold and shatter and cutting off arms that way, which is nuts. It's absolutely bonkers because it's this tiny cute little girl who just breaks off a grown man's arm oh my god it's so good so logan goes and he injects all of the healing agent like he said he wouldn't do all of it at once and then he goes cuckoo banana pants have you ever seen the video online of hugh jackman doing the adr for this scene no it is insane he's in the studio watching this play out, him running through the woods, yeah. him slashing up everybody. And holy shit, is he Wolverine That's in amazing. the studio doing it. And like this is obviously months after filming is done when they're assembling the film and they right. need to have the 8R go in there. He just turns it on so easily. It's a crazy, That's crazy, cool. crazy video. I'll have to check that out. We'll post it. That's a great idea. We will definitely post that. So Logan goes around, he kills most of the Reavers, just straight up slashing and dashing them, running through the trees, and then he confronts Dr. Rice, who has successfully rounded up all the children, and he's holding them at gunpoint. 
and Rice reveals that he's the one responsible for the extinction of mutants, thanks to a virus he developed, a transigen, that was seeped into high-fructose corn syrup. Everyone eats it. It's a good thing to put it in, I well, guess. What a plan. So Logan is like, oh, you're going to regret telling me that you killed all the mutants. What are you, Scarlet Witch? <laughs> and he, he pulls out a gun and shoots him in the head. Yeah. And it's like, wow, was not expecting that. <laughs> no. So Rice is dead, and then he starts going after Pierce. And that's when X-24 is re-released. So now Logan has to fight his clone again. But this time it's like the daylight and we can see it, and you know he's got that sweet killer juice in him. Oh, yeah. They're both juiced now. Oh, yeah. Seeing that Pierce is in complete control of the X-24, the children gang up on him and all at once are using their collective powers of electrocution and freezing and plant manipulation to kill Pierce. And there's just something real brutal about this group of tiny children surrounding this man and killing him. They kill him so hard. It's very Lord of the Flies. It is. <laughs> As the healing agent in Logan's body begins to wear off, he becomes overpowered by X-24, and the clone finally impales Logan on a tree limb, just tearing his chest open, blood everywhere. You get to see that branch pop out of his chest. Oh, man. He's not doing great. He's like, this is, this is bad. This is, I know I'm usually pretty good about the healing and stuff, but this, this feels like not good. Nope. Not good at all. And as it looks like X-24 is about to take that final blow and finish off Logan, uh, there's a big boom and a piece of his head goes missing because Laura used the adamantium bullet that Logan carries around with him and shot X-24 in the head. He's done. That's the easy way to beat him, I guess. Bam. She was like, hey, I like that thing you did a second ago against Dr. Rice with the gun. I'm going to try that on the X-24. They're family, man. Bam. It checks out. She runs over to Logan. She cuts him down from the tree. And, Logan... and I want to talk about that for a second. Okay. Sorry to interrupt you there, but I've watched them cut through steel with these claws. Yeah. And she is hacking at this tree branch like it's the great outdoor game. She's, having, she's struggling with this log. I can only attribute it to emotional distress. <laughs> to build up a little bit of tension, I guess. <laughs> I don't know, but it bothered the hell out of me. Yeah, it's like, all right, how long are you going to hack at this tree? This should be easy. This, this should easy be part. easy. This is just wood. <laughs> it's uh adamantium enhanced wood maybe i'm pretty sure this is where they have the flashback to the first x-men movie of charles xavier looking all young and i almost said sprightly but no he's still in a chair <laughs> and he, he just goes now wolverine if you ever get any wood inside you you're fucked <laughs> that's the weakness as we all know no, you know what the problem is? I think it's because, like in the Wolverine, she didn't heat up the adamantium first, so she couldn't cut through it like butter. Uh, maybe that's it. I don't know. She has issues cutting through it. <laughs> but eventually she gets through. He falls down off the tree, but his wounds are not healing. No, they're not. He tells Laura to run away with the others. They're finally free. And it's a very emotional moment. She starts crying. She calls him daddy. And Logan responds, so this is what it feels like. And then he dies logan dies and it is one of the more perfect movie deaths you're going to see and i'm yes. not even just talking about for a comic book movie because it's set up a little bit earlier how when he tucks in charles xavier for betty by at the murder house and charles says like you just had dinner with this nice family why can't you just enjoy that right that right. feeling that you had you need to feel it the thing i can't do with my legs do that <laughs> or the opposite of that I'm getting lost in my metaphor. <laughs> you know, it is possible. You could just 
live a life, Logan. You don't have to keep doing this bullshit. And then at the end, he understands. Yeah. And it's taken him a long way to get to this point, but also not because it's really just this movie. <laughs> but uh, it, it's, again, perfection. Yeah. And then he goes, Gene? No, he doesn't. Do <laughs> no, no, no. That would, that would take it completely out. Or if they have like a weird Return of the Jedi moment where you see Ghost Wolverine standing there. And Ghost Gene Grey walks up and then Ghost Charles Xavier walks up and he's walking now. Right, and they're just right. like, oh, he got his legs. Oh, Lieutenant good, Dan has magic it. legs. And then you see Ghost Scott Summers like, what the hell, man? <laughs> Why? And he's got his glasses off, though. Right. Very important. Yeah. <laughs> but he's got an Oakley t-shirt on. <laughs> got to represent the brand. You have to. The children bury Logan, and they raise a cross at the head of his grave. As Laura recites from the movie Shane that she and Xavier were watching in Oklahoma, a man has to be what he is, Joey. Can't break the mold. There's no living with the killing. There's no going back. Right or wrong, it's a brand. A brand that sticks. Now you run on home to your mother. You tell her everything's all right. There are no more guns in the valley. How beautiful is that? Amazing. So well done and acted like like she's been doing it for 50 years, but she's 11. And it's not even the most emotional part of this scene. It's not because the children start leaving free at last. And Laura takes the cross on Logan's grave and tilts it sideways into an X. That broke me. Oh, man. That should be the corny thing in right? any other X-Men movie. And here it, it lands. landed. Oh, man, does it land. The kids are going to walk free, presumably to Canada, to put pudding on their arms or whatever it is that Canadians do. Whatever it is they do up there. Their flappy jaws and beady eyes. And that is Logan from 2017, directed by James fucking, 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 fucking Mangold. Yeah, yeah. Um, Not enough fuckings. I, you're right. I apologize to the entire Mangold family. The fucking Mangold family. Now, Brian. Yeah, Dave. I messaged you about a minute after I finished watching this movie. You sure did. What did I say to you? Because I want to go on record and say it's unchanged. And this is days after watching it now. It hasn't changed. It has not changed. And you're just like, I like to take a few days to digest a movie before talking about yeah, it Yeah, it's here. very rare that you send me a snap decision about a movie. This was a snap decision. And it's going to stay that decision. The exact quote you said was... That may possibly be the best comic book movie ever made. And I stand by it. I was completely blown away by this movie. And this movie had a lot of hype before watching. Oh, this absolutely. is like one where people were like, oh, have you never seen Logan? Oh, have you never seen Logan? It's, it's one of the reasons I was worried that you were going to come in with a hot take at the end of it. I'm glad you, you didn't, but. No hot take. It's way up there in terms of emotional moments. Obviously, with Endgame, there's a shitload of emotional yes. moments, but they're very different because of how long of a setup they had beforehand. Right. Yes, Wolverine and his character have had a long setup, but it's been a yeah. different character almost exactly. every time out of his, the his character has been all over the place, so it's not one arc. I think what makes this movie so effective is that it's familiar, and I say it's familiar because this is one of those rare comic book movies that, yes, is a comic book movie, but it also crosses genres with a formula that we're all super familiar with. Because this is not a post-apocalyptic movie like it might appear no. right out of the gate, where they go to Mexico, they have the factory, whatever it right. is. 
they're kind of living at the end of the mutant generation, if yeah. you will. And tigers are extinct. This is a Western. Oh, 100% this is a Western. And the Shane stuff is not subtle. It's not. Oh, It's far from accidental. The plot of Shane, and Shane is one of the great films of all time, is a weary gunfighter in 1880s Wyoming begins to envision a quieter life after befriending a homestead family with a young son who idolizes him, but a smoldering range war forces him to act. Mm-hmm. This is such beautiful genre mixing, yes. and it follows that formula that we all know and we all love, and it is tried and true for a reason. That hero trying to be retired called back into action. It works perfectly with this character. It, it's so well done. Obviously, the screenplay's amazing. It's Oscar-nominated for screenplay. Right. I don't know how it didn't get a Best Picture nod. I don't know how it didn't get a Best Director nod. I understand why it didn't get a Best Actor nod, even though Hugh Jackman's great. <laughs> he is, but it's, yeah. This should be one of those movies that gets talked about more. I agree. And I'm not just talking in the sense of a comic book movie. I'm talking about- In movies. In movies. And it's interesting because only a few years after this, you get Joker, which goes on to clean up with Oscars. Exactly, yeah. But even now, that's not getting talked about nearly as much anymore. Right. Because that's just kind of the age of movies that we live in, is the attention span is so short. There's a lot of- That there's a falling off. What's next. Exactly. Everything is what's next, and I kind of blame Marvel Studios for that. I do too. (laughs) But this movie should get seen. This movie should get talked about. This movie should be enjoyed and loved. Yes. This should be held in as high regard as The Dark Knight. I agree. And- this movie is incredibly critically acclaimed. Do you want to guess Rotten Tomatoes 1-100 what it might be? I want to say 99. You should have said 94, because then you would have been right. Well, I'm, I'm not usually right, but I'm usually close. <laughs> That's true. The audience scores 90%, which is a little shocking to me, that but is it is surprising. an X-Men movie after all. Uh, okay. Yep. That, that'll do it. Roger Ebert did not see this movie because he had a big piece of wood sticking out of his chest. Yep. That's unfortunate for him. It is. But a lot of other critics did see this. David Sims from The Atlantic said, Jackman and Stewart are why Logan works, why the film doesn't feel like a cheap exercise in bloody violence and its subversion of typical superhero movie tropes feels organic. Yeah, definitely. Those two could carry pretty much any movie. Yes, they could. They're very good actors. (laughs) Ryan Searick from The Reader in Omaha, Nebraska says, Sacrilege, though it may be, to fellow comic aficionados, facts are still facts. As a character, Wolverine kind of sucks. Moody and hairy, the murder-happy brute is all pouting and brooding. He's like a stabbier Morrissey. (laughs) Uh, That's fantastic. (laughs) So that's a great review for someone who didn't really like this movie all that much. Yeah. But again, this ain't your daddy's Wolverine. Right. Right. And Jordan Hoffman from The Thrillist says, the superhero movie is a major American genre and one that is malleable for the silly and the profound. And Logan is the most profound one yet. Absolutely. I don't think that that's being hyperbolic at all. I don't either. And I feel like that Joker definitely reached this level of being profound, of really trying to bend the genre, to show a different side of the genre. Right. But I still think Logan does it better. And I think Logan might do it better because there's a history behind it. Yeah, there's that lead up. It's not just knowledge of the character, but it's familiarity with this version of it. Exactly. Yeah. Our good friends on Letterboxd had quite a bit to say about this thing as well. (laughs) I bet they did. From August 13th, 2017, 
Logan was a better dad to Laura in a week than my dad has been to me in my entire life. <laughs> That's unfortunate because there's a lot of murder involved. <laughs> it is unfortunate. And there was a lot of murder. A lot of murder involved. and telling the kid that her dreams were bullshit. That's right. <laughs> From March 10th, 2017, this sequel to The Last of Us was wild. (laughs) It is a lot like The Last of Us. It is a lot like The Last of Us. And the other things that this got compared to was a lot of people calling it No Country for X-Men. That's, I like that. I really enjoyed that one. It was good wordplay. Yeah. I always appreciate good wordplay. Of course. Melanoma. That's right. Yes, thank you. It's declined. I don't want to talk about it. From March 3rd, 2017, as much as I want people to see this in a theater to show studios what superhero movies should be, I can't recommend enough that you find a way to see this without an audience that will laugh at everything, regardless of whether or not it's actually supposed to be emotional. (laughs) Where the begin on that one? Because they want people to see this in theater to show the studios what superhero movies should be. The studios do not give a fuck about what these movies should be. They care about ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching. Exactly. Yeah, the studios aren't the people you need to convince about the the artistic qualities of the comic book movie genre. The studios are going to make the comic book movies regardless. Without a doubt. And I don't think whatever audience you see this with will laugh at any of this. Yeah, um, um, this person might have been an unfortunate viewing. It's possible. And I feel really bad about that for them. But um, stay off the internet if you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. It's like the end of Step Brothers with the karaoke, whatever it is. Like, you have to sing well or you get the fuck off the stage. I like that you're gatekeeping the internet. I did it. Someone has to. (laughs) From March 2nd, 2017, me, in tears, stumbling out of the theater, clutching my jacket against my chest, saying, it was all right, I guess. (laughs) I like how it's like, I'm a big boy. No, it's It's a superhero movie. It shouldn't hurt this fast. It's okay, movie. It wasn't that. It wasn't that. Emotionally manipulative? I'm fine. I'm fine. Okay. (laughs) Uh, The last one that I have from December 22nd, 2020. I really gave myself no chance of being happy today when deciding to rewatch this. (laughs) And I can speak from experience because that's correct. I rewatched it again today and nope. Still hit. Still landed. Still hurt. It is a bummer of a movie. (laughs) It is. How about we give that bummer of a movie a super stuff score? Let's do that. But before we do. No, not a theater. I want to congratulate you, Dave, on the most successful conclusion of a we'll get there in the history of our show. Because I did it once? I'm going to play you a clip from episode 120 right now. Oh, shit. Okay. Yukio has a vision of Logan dying with blood everywhere and his heart in his hand not beating. Sure. It seems unrealistic like that would ever happen. Like, who's going to hold their own heart? It seems like it'd be a very specific scenario where that would happen. Right. We'll get there. <laughs> oh, shit, I did it! You did it. I did the thing! Because Logan dies with his chest ripped open and his heart in his hand. Oh, my God! How about that? Did you know at the time? I did know at the time. Oh, that's bullshit then. But you had it all prepared and ready to go, so it's not bullshit then. You are a professional, sir. Good job. Occasionally, I get it right. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So anyone who says, including me, that we don't get there, uh, we did it. Yeah. See, now you don't know what kind of rules we're playing by. We're going by Feige (laughs) rules. We can still get there on anything we've ever said it for. That's right. It's the long game. (laughs) Don't hold us to that. That's fair. (laughs) 
It's a lot more like Lost. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're still human. <laughs> Let's give this thing a super stuff score. Let's start off with story and motivation. It's a classic Western, yeah. but modernized into uh, now the new great American genre. Yeah. Two. Two. I agree. Hero. I cannot believe I'm going to say this. James Howlett. When you have a superhero go on a journey of growth, of yes. learning their powers, yes, of whatever it might be, their origin story, if you will, I love modern Marvel movies because it's so rare that we get that origin story now. That's true. We got it with Shang-Chi. We got it with Miss Marvel. Right. But everyone else seems to be so established. You're kind of coming in, in media res with these characters. Yes. We have gone on such a journey with Wolverine, Hugh Jackman, where it seems like in the X-Men films, it's a shitty character. It is just, I smell real good, bub. It's, it's a, a, a large, handsome actor with a famous comic book character's name attached to him. X-Men, Wolverine, Origins, whatever that movie was. I liked it. I thought it was really interesting. I thought the character was really interesting, and it was a different Wolverine. Yes. With the Wolverine, the clip that you just played, episode 120, I like that as well. It's a good character. You see the growth of him trying to become something entirely different than we've been introduced to before. Right. We both enjoyed that movie, despite how not great it was. Exactly. With this, he continues to grow again, and I appreciate that they aged the character so that you're looking at it in an entirely different light. Yes. For the, for the true first time. Yeah. He is still Wolverine at the end of the day. Yes, even though he just goes by Logan now, he is still at his core Wolverine. But he's finally a true fleshed out character who yes. has emotions, who has a past, who has... He's not just a guy with amnesia who smells good. Yeah, a need for growth. He finally has the character development that we've been longing for for this character for eight movies i am so blown away by what was pulled off here i kind of want to go one five i normally would go one but i just feel like i cannot because there's such a huge payoff yeah it redeems a lot of the previous incarnations of the character almost it absolutely does one five it helps that he sacrifices himself to save the day it does help Villains. They're fine. They just chase a lot. Yeah, it's, it's this Donald Pierce guy for most of the movie, and then you find out it's actually Richard E. Grant, and you're like, cool, but also, uh, where have you been? Uh, 0.25 for Richard E. Grant. 0.25 for Richard E. Grant is granted. Consider it Richard E. Granted. It's the Grant bump, and God, <laughs> you're so proud of yourself. I see that smirk. Uh, Brian is smitten with that joke that he just made. Yeah. I want to make that known. <laughs> it's almost as good as melanoma. Oh, God, don't beat it into the ground. It hurts that it wasn't approved. <laughs> do we talk about parents or do we talk about teamwork here? I think we got to talk about parents. We don't know, even though I'm going to go 0.25 for Charles Xavier. I, I agree. A, because a lot of daddy work in this. In fact, in the one scene, he even says that he's his father. This seems like a weird time to explain parents in the super stuff score because I feel like we really do. It is part of a comic book character like the lore of the character that their parents need to die for them to become more right. powerful right like spider-man batman whatever it might be we don't explain that nearly enough we don't but just know that if your parents are alive you're not a good hero you're not and you're going to score a zero on our skill your parents need to be dead for it right. to be like a full-blown and we need to know about it we need to see it on screen for it to happen we can't just be told about yeah. it. except for in the rare case of batman where exactly we, we just have to be reminded of it somehow and it always 
comes up in Batman for sure. <laughs> Point two five for parents. Let's talk about female characters. X twenty three, Laura. She's terrific. Laura is fantastic. She's amazing. Gabriela Lopez is a bad. She does a great job. They really just got a great character actor in there to flex. Oh yeah, uh, Elizabeth Rodriguez is always good, and in this, she's exceptional. I want to go point seven five. I think that's fair. Dafty Keen, bravo. Well done. 100%. And I hope we see a lot more of her in the future. Agreed. Setting. It's everywhere, but also nowhere. It's, uh, it's 2029 in a world where mutants have gone extinct and the world is kind of a rough place. It is a rough place, but we kind of just see desert and uh, a mountain. Yeah. We don't really know where we are most of the time geographically. Somewhere between Mexico and North Dakota. Right. I'm going to go 0.25. It looks great, but that's not really what it's about. Yeah. 0.25. That brings us to style and tone. One. Easily. Easily. Let me tell you something I read about this that I found fascinating. James Mangold wanted the movie to be R-rated. Not so he could say fuck a bunch of times or show the bloody murders, but mostly for the style. He said, quote, For me, what was most interesting in getting the studio to okay an R rating was something entirely different. They suddenly let go of the expectation that this film was going to play for children. And when they let go of that, you're free in a myriad of ways. The scenes can be longer. Ideas can be explored in dialogue or otherwise can be more sophisticated. Storytelling pace can be more poetic and less built like attention span deficit theater. So like I said, one five, <laughs> you didn't let me finish. My bad. That's brilliant. Yeah. I mean, it's one thing to be like, I want, I want Wolverine to say fuck. And another thing to be like, I want to tell an adult story and not be bound to this. All right, we've got to get an action scene on screen, which is probably the problem he had with the Wolverine. That seems likely, I'd say. One five for style and tone. Music. It's there. Marco Beltrami. Uh, did the score in about six weeks after Cliff Martinez left the movie after six months. <laughs> well, that's impressive that he did it. It doesn't make it great or anything, though, unfortunately. No, no it's appropriate. It's uh, appropriate, you get a .25 in my book. Yep, uh, I can't how many of it, so that's all you get. One-liners. I got nothing. This is not a movie for one-liners. I'm going to go zero, unfortunately. Yeah, I, th I think that's, that's the way Sorry, it's got to be. Sorry, movie, I love you, but... But I, th I think that's by design, you know? Yeah, it's an arbitrary scale. We still love you. It's a more adult film, not an adult film, but you know what I mean. Yes, that's right. <laughs> not as many, not as many joke em ups in a murder-heavy movie about emotions. Right. A lot of fucks, not a lot of fucking. Right. Thirty-five fucks to be exact. I like it. Good number of fucks. <laughs> so if you want to count fuck as a one-liner, or at least Charles Xavier no. saying fuck, <laughs> that should be. But fuck zero. <laughs> unfortunately, as much as I love that, let's talk about the impact on the genre. I don't think Joker happens without this. I uh, completely agree. I don't think that... Is the genre going to more adult films, or do they still not give a shit? I think we've seen a lot more adult themes across the genre since this movie. I don't think even Moon Knight gets made without this movie. I do agree with you there. I do think it's still kind of early to tell. Yeah. But I am going to go one. It's at least a one. I mean, we have to... We already mentioned... It was nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay, the first live-action superhero film to be nominated for screenwriting. And it was the third highest-grossing R-rated film of all time at the time of its release. That's insane to me. This thing almost made its budget back opening weekend. Good for this movie, man. It's so damn good. 
I'm so curious what that super stuff score is. Hit me. Well, with a one for impact on the genre, that gives us a total for Logan of 7.75. That's way too low. Super low, but it's mostly because of villains, parents, and setting. And yeah, that'll do it. And one-liners. That's a lot, actually. So half of the categories. <laughs> right. So we went big on the stuff it deserved, and we went zero on the stuff it deserved. Yeah. For this arbitrary scale. Get off our dicks. Still almost ended up at an eight. So Right, know, still. It's pretty good. <laughs> so I guess on that note, Brian, let me ask you this. What are we talking about next week? Oh, next week, get your old Forester ready, because we're talking about Kingsman, the Secret Service. Which you've never seen. I have not. It's another fun goof em up trip to merry old England. And I cannot wait because the first Kingsman movie is so damn fun. Yes, it is. And we're going to have a hell of a lot more fun. Uh, there will be booze, I think is what that title of that movie is called. There, right? There will be booze. Yes. There will be booze. Mostly because the American Kingsman in it. The Statesman. The Statesman. If you will. Old Forrester partnered with the movie and made The Statesman. And you can go buy that bourbon anywhere where bourbon is sold. Uh, and it will be pretty much injecting nor veins. It'll That's be great. Right. I can't wait. The buffalo will not be tracing. The statesman will. Exactly. Next week, Kingsman 2, The Secret Circle. The Golden Circle? The secret... Golden Circle? The, the Secret Circle? The what is golden it? Golden Service? Well, you said Secret Service. Time. You've thrown me around. You've thrown me for a loop. <laughs> You're right. I was trying to look at this tiny thumbnail of the poster when I should have been reading words. That's true. <laughs> You've graduated from picture books. You did it last year. I, I remember. <laughs> yeah. All right. The Golden Circle. There it is. We did it. Kingsman 2, The Golden Circle. Next week. Booze. All that that we just said. Until then, thank you for listening. Be sure to rate, review, subscribe. Join us on Patreon this month for Witness. It's a lot of fun. Oh, man. We had a blast. I finally tell the Matthew McConaughey piss story. And that should be all you need to get over on Patreon. <laughs> if that doesn't earn your dollar. I don't know what will. <laughs> Email us your questions and comments at katepodcasters at gmail.com and join us on all of the social media at katepodcasters. You can go to katepodcasters.com and find a link and to visit our super stuff store to buy some merch if you want it. But most importantly, when it comes to the social media, join us on Facebook because every single week on the day of recording, we put up a post asking for your questions and comments. And we got some. Hit me. Captain Spoiler, Micah, asks, you're in charge of recasting for the MCU. No, I'm not. Who are you going after for Logan, assuming Hugh Jackman is off the table? John Krasinski. (laughs) 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 Um, First of all, even if Hugh Jackman was on the table, I don't want him back. No, I'm good. This is a perfect swan song. This is the best send-off he could possibly ask for. It would be detrimental to his character to bring him back. I personally really like Taron Egerton for the role. I do too. I think it's a great choice. But let me read you this next question from Reed Peter, because I think he hits it right on the head. Okay. He says, you're in charge of recasting the entire film as a vehicle for Danny DeVito's <laughs> debut as Wolverine. Okay. Which actors would you recast and what scenes would you change to showcase a more animalistic and hairy Wolverine? <laughs> Uh, quick question to all of you out there. Have you ever seen It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? <laughs> they pretty much handpicked the cast right there. <laughs> that's it. I think that's the vehicle. I need Char- I, I think that Rickety Cricket would be the perfect saber tooth. That would be very good. I want, I want Charlie Kelly as Laura. 
Dennis in a wheelchair just rolling on in all bald. Yes. Listen to me. I'm a golden god. <laughs> well, he's having another seizure. I think Sweet D would be a very, very good Jean Grey. Mm. Or Angel, because of the wings, and she's a fucking or bird. She is a bird. And then, of course, we'll just make uh, Mac, I don't know, Juggernaut, bitch, or uh, something no, like I that. I feel like great. He put on some mass. You know what? In the spirit of wordplay, Mac Nito. <laughs> Perfect. Why not? <laughs> I like it. The last question we have is from Phil Hudson Hawkins. He says, if a clone of yourself at your peak physical ability was sent to kill you, do you think you could beat it with your years of wisdom, treachery, and grizzled old man strength? Oh, wow. The answer is no, mostly due to laziness that I've developed over oh, time. That's a good one. See, I was way lazier as a youth. So me at my peak physical form... We're um, looking at it, baby. <laughs> well, no, I wouldn't go that far. That's <laughs> that's obscene. Um, but I probably it's probably not too far off from now, so I could probably take him. Plus, I taught him everything he knows. Yeah, but at the same time, he could still surprise you. I think because he knows that you taught him everything that he knows. He's gonna be like that old fuck, that old crotchety <laughs> bastard. <laughs> he might have the speed advantage, but other than that, I think I could take him. And I don't think I could take me. I don't. I've gotten significantly dumber since I've had children. Well, that's the thing, though. You have children. You can all have them carry around guns with one adamantium bullet in case a <laughs> younger you attacks you. You know, funny thing about that is that a regular bullet will do the trick on me. Oh, well, in that case. I am a human. You know what to do. Fair enough. Train all of your children in case a younger me shows up and challenges me. I need you to do this. It's going to be like, I'm going to come down like into the basement of my house and my kids are like, doing a prestige magic act with just a big tub of water or whatever it is, and they're just going to drown me multiple times. And you know what? It's perfection. Yeah. So Nailed it. I don't think I will be able to defeat me. I think younger me will defeat me. Yeah. But I do think my children will ultimately defeat me in the long run, no matter what. There you go. So and they will kill my clone it'll almost over be and like over again. They're avenging you. Exactly. Gentlemen, thank you so much for your questions. <laughs> Everyone, thank you for listening. Brian, have you got anything else? That's it for me. Fantastic. We'll see you next week for Kingsman 2 The Golden Circle. Same pod time? Same pod? Fuck. Fuck.